Now that we've sprung ahead, well, spring is now here. We can put winter behind us. Spring is here. Now, here's the thing. Whenever we change seasons, I am so completely confused on what I actually need to do as a homeowner to prepare for this great season. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm excited. But I don't, I don't really know what to do. It's the spring. And I know that with all this water, all this rain, all this melting snow, I know that there can be issues in the home. Hey, let's build it on Radio.com with Corey Heppola and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. Yeah, the snow is melting. The rain is coming. We're seeing it. Look, I, I'm feeling better because summer is around the quarter, but we got to get through spring first. And Andy, what are some of the biggest issues that homeowners run into during this springtime? You know, um, there's going to be spots of our house, Corey, on, especially on the outside of our homes that, you know, we haven't seen in four or five months. So we need to get outside, make sure that there's nothing loose on the entire house. Inspect the roof is where I would start. It seems like roofing, wintertime, ice dams. We had a milder winter as far as it was, uh, as far as snow was concerned. I know it's it's not over yet. I mean, we're, we're not through May. We could get snow in May. But I would start by looking at the roof. And if you're not comfortable getting up on your roof, uh, a cheap pair of binoculars stand way back from your house and you can start to inspect, look for telltale signs of staining, shingles that are loose or missing, something that seems to be hanging or crooked because a vent got moved because of ice. All of those things, if addressed now, can save you a lot of money in the long run. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll see up to you know thousands of dollars worth of damage because one piece of a flashing was missing on the roof and it caused that much rot. Yeah, the the winter is so hard. It's so hard mm-hmm. on us and in our homes. Um, and, and I guess this would be the time now too. And I think last fall you said get out there, take pictures of every single angle of your home. And I think this would be the time to go back and look through the camera and the roll, look at those pictures and see then, take pictures now, and exactly. see if anything looks different. Yeah, you know, if you're doing that from season to season, you're going to be ahead of the game. You're already doing something that most homeowners aren't doing, and you're going to have a very easily comparable evidence of what's going on. Those eight pictures you can take around your house, one from each corner, one from each side, that gives you an entire 360 view of your home. You can look at, hey, what happened over the wintertime? What did Mother Nature do to my house? So that's a that's a great point. Take those pictures again, and you should be able to compare them and, and go from there. But think in the springtime, Corey, the rains are going to happen. So what do you have to do to prepare the exterior of your home for the gully washers, the big thunderstorms that we're about to get, the severe weather, things like that, that that we can start to do on the front end here and really prepare ourselves to make sure that it doesn't cause any damage. Yeah, so what should we do? And I know this is the time now where, I mean, you're looking at it. There, there are times where we go two straight days where it's just constantly raining. We're getting a ton of water. Mm-hmm. What are some things, and I know every year you, you get the calls where it's like, hey, you know, what do we do here? We've got flooding. Yeah, well, first and foremost, check your entire gutter system. Make sure it's, it's free and clear of any debris. Also, want to make sure that any of the underground drainage systems that you have, or if you have something that drains into a rain barrel, make sure that the ice is out of those. Remember, your downspouts that come off your gutters are typically underneath the overhang. So it might be the last thing on your home to thaw out. You might be able to take it apart, get the ice out of there earlier, make sure that you have a free-flowing gutter. Because if those downspouts are, are clogged or your underground system is clogged or your rain barrel is clogged, if your gutters are free and clear debris, it's still going to have all of that water. Imagine one of these two, three inches uh, of rain an hour gully washes that, that we could get, all of that water draining next to your foundation. And and we haven't even gotten to what the winter can do to your foundation, what to inspect there yet. I mean, there's some things that you can look for there as well. 
I've seen, yeah, and actually we've had this, we have this porch on, on the front of our house and mm -hmm. it's got pavers and, and it's a beautiful porch. And in fact, we, it was one of the first things that we put in. It's why we've, we put that ahead of the deck because the sun sets in that way. And it's a really nice, it's a really nice place to sit out there. But I have noticed that as it just very closely next to the um, driveway, that it's shifted just a little bit where it's just a mm -hmm. tiny bit down. And I'm, I'm imagining now that's been five, six years, but it's just that constant water that probably drops right there that has just pushed the sediment down a little bit. Yeah, and it could be part of that the the, the pre-thaw as the the frost is coming out of the ground. You know, things are going to going to move. I always caution people at this time of year, don't don't go into panic mode if something comes up. You know, some a lot of times as that frost comes back out of the ground, things will move a lot over the next month. So at least give it till mid-April, take a look at it, and then if it's settled too much, the nice part about your pavers, Corey. Those are, those are easily fixable. You don't have to fix a whole slab. You just have to fix a couple of the areas that have sunken down. And that, that's, it's usually a pretty easy fix. And for even a, a do it yourself, or that's a, that's a Saturday morning type job. Yeah. And you just, what, you'd pop them up and then put, put new earth in there. Yeah. Yeah. Pop them up, put new sand in there, pack that down and then just try to make sure just with a, even a, a smaller foot and a half level, you should be able to get things to where they, where they need to be. That's why I've always liked pavers. You don't have to worry about cracking or replacing a whole 10 foot by 10 foot pad. It might be just one or two bricks. Yeah, I want to ask you about uh, ice dams. Hey, here's health. So I've got a couple of questions on ice dams. First, you, you talked, you've told me about them before. I can never remember exactly what is an ice dam. Let's start there. Well, a really easy way to think of it is, is just the way it sounds. It's a dam made of ice holding water back up on your roof and that water that it holds back up on your roof is is usually the problem and these ice dams occur from either heat loss or a lot of it might be the design of the roof believe it or not there's some things that even with the best insulation you can't get away from ice dams just because of how the, the the roof was designed so it's it's the second leading cause of death amongst roofs in northern climates outside of ventilation mm. and insulation so it's something that if you do have this on your roof it can maybe cut the lifespan of that roof in half if it's not addressed on a regular basis how would you know outside of flooding potentially in the house how would you know do you just have to get up there and check or have somebody come up and check yeah you know um with an inspection after a snow after a couple of days after snow there's some telltale signs you'll see where if you notice that parts of your roof are melted off and no one else in the neighborhood has a melted off roof, you probably have a problem with your insulation and ventilation. And that snow melt is probably causing an ice dam as it gets farther down the roof. So imagine we have all the heat escape. It gets to a, an overhang or a valley area or a garage area where there is no more heat. So all of that snow melted off one part of your roof, gets to another part of your roof and starts to freeze again. And as it freezes, it builds up. So the new water that comes there gets built behind it. And as it gets built behind it, the level of the water rises. And that's when it starts to actually hit the, 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 the screws and the different perforations in your roof gets behind venting. And that's when we go into attics. This time of year, the spring, the first spot I'm going to start in my house is in my attic. Because if I can get in my attic, I can see if I have had any roof leaks, I've had any insulation move, I've had any critters that decided to nest up this, this spring or over the winter in there. All of those things I can start in the attic, and that's going to tell me where to really pay attention to on the outside of my home as well. Is there a particular house 
a house design that that may be more prone to ice dams? Yes, bro, the, for sure. The, the story and a half home that we see, you know, I don't know what we were thinking in the 20s to 60s, but we started making all of the story and a half homes and it seemed great. Like when you, when you think of like the design of a story and a half home, Corey, there really is zero wasted space. So the story and a half home, when you go up upstairs, they have knee walls. What that is, is a wall that comes up vertically about the height of your knee. And then it starts to go as the angle of the roof and then usually flattens out. Mm-hmm. Really, really, yep. really difficult to get the proper amount of insulation in those areas. So a couple of things that we've we've learned over the last 20 years is we can dense pack that entire slope. That means you're going to fill that entire area all full of cellulose insulation, block it off and make sure that it's essentially now a hot roof, but the thermal break is enough where it's not going to melt the snow very fast and should hopefully eliminate some ice dams. The other thing you can do is we can tear off the entire roof, spray foam that, that area, encapsulate the knee wall area, put another vent in up there. And sometimes like you're adding, say the cost of the roof is $15,000 to do all this in a story and a half home like that might be another $30,000 for you. So it's more than double the cost of the roof. And it still might not guarantee you don't have an ice dam. For me, the only way I've been able to figure out these, these types of roofs is by putting down three inches of foam and then a metal roof over the top of that and letting the snow come off the metal roof fast enough that and having enough thermal break there now where it's going to slow down the heat coming out enough that it's not going to get to the snow before it's able to come off and cause an ice dam. Those are, that's been my best luck. And those design homes are great for space, man. And you got all the storage you want in those knee walls as little kids too, the hiding that you can do behind those walls and it's as good as it gets. And, and for things that you're never going to see again and store away, it's good for that. But boy, oh boy, bad to live in. It's, it's fascinating to me because it's things that I just don't think about, but so that's an architecture that they, they don't make that style anymore, right? Do they? No, no. You, you'll see. So it's we've gone more to more of the split level home, and even then, they're going to have like a grape room where part of the the ceiling is is vaulted, mm-hmm. and but usually there's a lot more space, so we can get an R sixty in there. And we can even do attic shoots up or do a false deck on the roof to get venting underneath it. When you're doing the new construction build, it's not that much more to insulate it and ventilate those areas right. The problem is coming in now and like trying to tear apart walls to insulate or to get into areas, you got to take off half the roof in order to get to part of the area to insulate. It can be a very costly thing to retrofit. But when you're talking about new con, you're going to see more of a split level and you're going to have a lot more attic space to deal with. So you have to deal with, I mean, you're de- dealing with all different types of architectures and, and they all have different ramifications on, on your job. Like, you know, what you're looking at to, to try to find a solution. I, I just, I think that's interesting. I, we were on one last week It had four different types of insulation, five different types of roof venting, three different types of roofing. So three, three layers of roofing, I should say. So three layers of roofing, five different types of vent. They're all working against each other. It's, it really was somebody just kept trying to do it and make it better and make it better. And, and eventually they, they, they started making it worse. And now we're, we're starting over. We're going to, we're going to redo that one. So this is another thought as you get talking about roofs and as somebody that like, I, I don't really pay that close attention, but I, I'm curious on if one, how one compares to the other. 
Hey, here's what's trending. Okay, so I don't I don't pay that close attention. Although I am starting to as a homeowner, you know, taking more pride in your own house and looking through the neighborhood. But I've noticed that, you know, not every roof is created equally. Every, you know, they kind of look different. And, and, you know, as you got talking about single uh, story and a half homes, I started thinking about, okay, flat roof compared to a pitched roof. Like, what are the differences? Is one more trendy than the other? I, I guess I don't really know. You know, the, the farther north that you get, you're going to see a lot more slope roofs just because we have a lot more snow load to deal with, ice dams to deal with, things of that nature. Having said that, you're, you're still seeing a lot of designs with flat roof, more, more on commercial areas. And that's where you see the majority of the flat roofing in the northern climates is going to be on your on your commercial buildings. And one of the nice parts about, about having a flat roof, Corey, is you can put all your mechanicals up top it doesn't take any space from 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 the other area so it's, it's really easy to deal with that and the way they're making some of the membranes nowadays they really do last a long time in in no matter the climate that you live in but it's not just the slope like like for for us we're dealing with uh, a slope roof that's going to go anywhere from a 312 sometimes up to a 2012 that means that's like you know almost vertical what we call People refer to it as the barn roof all the time. Yeah, it's a, a mansard roof, so it's like a very steep. So those have to be nailed completely different than what you're going to be nailing something at a six twelve. And then once you get below a three twelve, then now you got to talk about hand sealing all of the shingles to make sure they don't leak because it doesn't have enough slope, or you have to use one special type of shingle. So you're right; they're not all created equal, and you really have to know what type of roofing you can use in certain areas, but regardless of the design the way shingles and roofing is made nowadays flat roof or or slope roof you should be able to find a roof that lasts 50 years now that's the cool thing they really are making roofs that are going to last a lifetime yeah well like the metrodome roof that only lasted 30 years and then that was kind of a flat roof and then it got too much snow and ice and it just deflated right yeah yeah and and that's more of a probably a design flaw or a or or an or an omen it was time for for that place to go and and you got to tell me watching a football game nowadays at us bank is way better than the metrodome that that roof caving in might have been the best thing that happened to us oh it's absolutely the best thing that happened because you don't get a new stadium until you see the old one break down. <laughs> exactly. So pitched, pitched roofs, that's what I see typically in my neighborhood, though. And that would – now, if you go down to a different area, if you go down south, mm -hmm. is it different architecture there? And you don't see as many, like, tip-top roofs like we see here. Yeah, and you're going to see a whole different type of materials. Like, you had out west, you see a lot more metal roofing because of the snow loads that they have there. So trying to get the snow to come off. You you head down down south in, into California, you're going to see a lot more tile roofing, a lot more flat roofing. And my, my, I have a friend that does uh, roofing in Vegas. It's a lot of flat roofing because all of their mechanicals and air conditioners are on the top of the house. Yep. So they, 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 all of that is into consideration. And as the farther south you go, the more solar that, that comes into play as well. Yeah. You got one more thing for us? I do. Hey, here's a pointer. So... The top three things that I that I want to think about every every time a season changes, and for me it's it's light bulbs, filters, and I want to inspect the exterior of my home. And when I say inspect the exterior home, what we were talking about before, comparing those pictures, I'm also going to look at any filter that my home has, any light bulb that my home has, and any smoke detector or CO detector that is in my house. I take care of those things. And I, I could be saving myself hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. Even I can be saving tragedy from happening in my family. So it can make a big difference. So think about your air conditioner, Corey. 
Well, a yeah. Clogged filter oh, on ahead. your air conditioner. Sorry, a clogged filter on your air conditioner will cost you 15 to 20% more to run it in a season than, than one that takes. And it's 30 seconds to clean those filters off. So it can save you that, that hundred bucks. It's worth it. Yeah. The energy efficiency too, uh, of just taking care of your stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, as we've had these talks too, there's, there's a couple of filters that I have down here. I have the water panel. Um, yep. I changed that thing out. I changed the, the filter in the, um, in the, uh, what is it? The, I don't even know the, <laughs> The furnace, the furnace, the furnace. I change that filter every single month. But doing those uh-huh. things and just having a reminder, I set the reminder in my phone, yeah. um, and and it just, I, I don't know. It feels like you're also just. It's also proactively taking care of your stuff. Exactly. What 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 it's going to save you is the unexpected thousand, two thousand dollars repair because you you took the time to maintain it throughout the throughout the seasons. Um, the same things goes with all your water spigots, anything like that. Run them, make sure that they're they're working. It's nice to find out if it leaks now before you turn it on and you got the sprinkler out and you walk away. And all of a sudden you see water coming down your siding. Check that stuff out nowadays and it can save you some time. I'm glad you bailed me out with the furnace because I was th- I was gonna call it the heat thingy. <laughs> the heat thingy. The whatchamacallit. The whatchamacallit thing back there. Uh, Andy, great stuff. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Bart.